Thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Gemma Sampson. I'm an advanced sports dietitian specializing in performance nutrition for cyclists competing at amateur and professional levels. I am on a mission to change the culture of fueling for performance on and off the bike. And I am really excited that you were here joining us today. I am joined by Lauren de Crescenzo, and she's an American professional cyclist for Cinch Rise. Thank you for joining me today. Of course. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So we we connected up through Instagram because you posted <laughs> a really um a f- really great inspiring video about your journey from disordered eating into fueling for performance and I was like this is exactly the message yes. that I love sharing. <laughs> so I'm like we have to connect and we have to chat. So um yeah, do you want to share a bit about your journey of through nutrition with us? Yeah, of course. Um yeah, I guess <laughs> going back to the Instagram post Um, I shared about how I suffered from disordered eating when I was a youth. Um, A long time ago, back in my teens, I had anorexia and that was my pre-cycling days. That's when I just like looked up, I just like looked at the people. It was like the early 2000s and I just like looked around me and I see all these like, you know, all these people in the media that are like five, 10 and a hundred pounds. And it's like, that's what I aspired to be. And that's how I like, yeah, I used my nutrition to look like one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but then, so that's, I used to be a runner um, and it's a lot easier. Well, from what I, yeah, my experience, it was a lot easier to underfuel or like not eat when you're a runner. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, eventually transitioned to cycling. And that's when all the lights went off in my head. And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I can't <laughs> do this anymore. So, yeah, it's like a little bit of history on that uh, part of my life. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to share it with people because like if it could help anyone who's going through any of the same things, like that was definitely worth spending all that time making that real. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm making content is not an easy process. That's for no, sure. Not at all. So. I know I'm like I just need to like a full-time job just creating content and creating videos and making them look pretty exactly exactly so it was worth all the time and energy I put into that post if it helps just like a single girl or or boy um, yeah with their disordered eating exactly because I mean I've I've definitely worked with a number of boys men and women who have suffered with eating disorders and disordered eating and and it, it's a big challenge because like you say like if you're exposed to or if you're in an environment where you're looking up to um, what an unhealthy physique or an unhealthy relationship with food then it's very easy to sort of normalize that behavior and and we see it all the time on TikTok and Instagram with um, what I eat in the day and I'm like oh that's not enough food oh, oh god yeah, been there, been there, done that. And yeah, just yeah. like the amount of like mental, just, I don't know, I guess I was kind of emotional when I made that video too, just like thinking about yeah. the emotional, like anguish and like I put myself through over like all those years, and, like the time wasted thinking like, oh, what should I eat? How much should I eat? How will I look like that? And yeah, yeah that was a big time suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the things that I think don't, people don't necessarily consider that if how much of how much of your time is being spent thinking about on obsessing about food and worrying about food and um and being concerned that if I eat this one thing then it's going to have this huge cascade effect and over 
um, overthinking that response to one little bit of extra sort of food. Um, yeah, I think in, in the post you'd mentioned about how you, at that time, you thought being thin was the key to success, but it mm-hmm. led you to injuries and spending all your time obsessing about yeah. food and, and exercising. Like what, like what was that catalyst or what helped you actually transition out of that mindset into the fueling for performance mindset? Right. I mean, I think that cycling, uh, yeah, cycling saved my life. It changed. Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> initially when I started cycling, like in my early, early twenties, I realized like I could like go on an hour run before, but like once I did like a three or four hour ride, there was no way like you can't, you just can't not eat because yeah. you'll be in a very bad place. <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, you're yeah, just I mean, being exhausted I... and having to sleep the rest mm-hmm. of the day or just ravenously hungry the rest of the day. <laughs> right. Or just call for a ride on the side of the road, <laughs> get an Uber yeah. on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, I've been, been there. <laughs> yeah, one or twice, once or twice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that like what initially, like what initially changed was uh, becoming a bike a bike racer and not mm-hmm. a runner anymore. I mean, it helped okay. me like refocus my lens on eating for performance and not yeah. for how can I eat to be skinny because yeah. I was more concerned about my performance on the bike and being fast in the races. And mm-hmm. I like started viewing it more as a tool to be faster. And yeah. 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 It totally yeah. works. It definitely <laughs> it, works. It does work. Oh, I know. It's like the, the number of times I'm I'm telling people I'm like, eat more, eat more. They're like, no, but, mm-hmm. but 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 it's like, no, honestly, it works. Like in your training, in your racing, your body is using it. And it's unless you're doing like double mixes and like 10, five gels an hour, like it's very <laughs> difficult to overfuel in in it during oh, exercise because yeah. you'll get sick or you'll have gut issues. Exactly, exactly. I mean. Yeah, I joining the team that I'm on now, Cinch, like they have a really good my fueling changed even more because like it wasn't it wasn't amazing uh like previously. It was like it was good. It was good enough. Like I was doing well and whatever, but like what really changed was like how I did like the timing of my food and like the composition of my food mm-hmm. and basically the purpose of why I was eating at these certain times. So yeah. Yeah, like I've never eaten more carbohydrates in my life. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's I, I, the number of times I've heard people telling me this, and I'm so glad that I captured it on, on video because, <laughs> uh, like, the number of conversations I've had in with the riders where, like, three years ago we were aiming for 60 grams an hour, and now people are like aiming for 90 grams an hour, 100 grams an hour, even 120 sometimes, even. It doesn't mean that's what you're yeah. always doing, but, um, like, like you say, you, you, you're getting leaner, you get stronger, you, you get faster and like you are fueling that performance and seeing the benefits in all areas of your life. Oh, exactly. I mean, like I just did, um, unbound gravel, um, yeah. which yeah, it's like 10 hours on the bike. You, I was eating every 30 minutes, yeah. like, and oh, I wear a Super Sapiens glucose monitor now. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with those. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've did. A, I did a workshop in my um my oh, yeah. cycling membership last month. La, yeah, last month because last week, last month, last week because I yeah I've <laughs> used them on and off strategically over the last eighteen months, and I've seen a lot of people not know what to do with the data. And so I had actually put that down as a question to ask if that had actually helped you in any way with your fueling strategy. Um, definitely. Um, I feel like if anything, it's just 
the main thing it taught me, like I already knew, but it's like, eat more, eat more, eat more. <laughs> like you don't want to wait until like before I was kind of using like, oh, I'm hungry now. But like, you definitely don't want to wait until you're hungry before yeah. you if you're hungry too late you missed the boat yeah you're ready, <laughs> you needed it 10 ready. 20 minutes ago <laughs> yeah so like as soon as I see it start dipping I'm like oh no 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 because mm-hmm. like I can see it on my um cycling computer um my yeah, head yeah, units yeah. yeah so I can like know like what the trend looks like in the data mm-hmm. when I'm racing it's very useful or like even a hard day when I'm like doing a workout I'm like oh yeah. I should probably eat again and again and again. Yeah. So well, that's I mean, it. Like the, stuff. I often you were mentioning before about the timing, and often I do say that I think so many people I'll see will just be eating the same thing day in day out, which means some days it's not enough, and other days might be more than they need. And where you, you've got to look at the training you're doing, and like you say, some tr- hard training days might be equivalent to a race day, and so you might need so much more food on that day, but if you're adding it into the training, that means you have these fluctuations in and getting the food, the fuel, the nutrients as and when your body needs them rather than trying to play catch up in the hours afterwards. Right. Uh, someone I've been working with the people at super sapiens too. Yeah. And yeah, they, yeah, I can't. <laughs> so basically like before races now, I try to um, increase my average glucose score so like mm-hmm. if it's typically like if it's typically 90 uh yeah. milligrams for whatever it is <laughs> the unit is if it's yeah. typically 90 I try to increase it by about by 15 so I'll try mm-hmm. to go for 105 in the days yeah. leading up to like unbound gravel or SBC gravel yeah. or like these really long races because mm-hmm. what they told me was you can't like you can't save poor like you can't save poor fueling or like carbo loading you can't save it with like bars or food in a race. You have to have, yeah, yeah in the days leading up to the, these long, long events or just any event, really. <laughs> it doesn't have yeah. to be a long one either. I did it with exactly. other events too that weren't quite as long. So like yeah. you can't you can't save it. You can't save your glucose like in a race with bars or anything. No, or well, that's you, like all those different time points have got different, um, there's different, purposes of why you would eat more the day before in carb loading and then eating during like they're they're all important but in different ways and like you say like that that day before when you're carb loading the whole purpose is to have more glycogen stored and so to do that you need to eat more carbohydrates throughout your day and in practice I find it's usually about an extra 200 grams more than people are eating and I mean it was fascinating mm-hmm. with my research looking just understanding what are the reasons why people don't want to carb load and fuel? And I found a lot of, in, my, in the conversations I had, a lot of food fear and a lot of fear about carbohydrates mm-hmm. and worrying about things like weight. And and it, it's right. interesting how this into all these little things intertwine from just like everyday nutrition into race nutrition. Because I'm like, why are people not fueling in races properly? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Well, do you remember back in like the, two, I don't know why I'm even mentioning this, like in the early 2000s, the Atkins diet, yeah. when it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not supposed to eat any carbs, just all fat, all fat, it's all fat. It's still here though. Like I, 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 I know that's I mean, like it's, a new thing. It's like ketosis or whatever. It's back. And, and it, I mean, it's, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything, but um, like you say, in, in endurance sport and in cycling, it's, it's like you're intentionally compromising your performance. And when you're doing those long days, like um, um, down gravel, and yes, you need the fats as well because just you won't get enough energy in it. But it's the, mm-hmm. it's a combination of you need the fats, you need the carbohydrates, you need the protein for recovery. They've all got their place and it comes down to 
the timing of what's the purpose of that session, race, meal, and um, and separating out like everyday nutrition versus uh, I think race day nutrition. I think you, you I think what was that? I can't remember if it was Unbound or one of the other ones. I saw you using um, some like homemade brownies or something. For... Yes, yes, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's I was going to ask if that was treat. your favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like to make gluten-free brownies before the long races. It like makes me yeah. actually want to eat. Like, yeah, because I'm like, oh, look, it's uh, it's it's just a brownie. Yeah, <laughs> I'll totally oh, eat it's more. It's so important. Like the number of times I've seen people like they take a gel on holidays with them all around the countryside on their bike rides, and then have that discussion like why didn't you have it like oh actually I don't like it it's like well, why are you using it then like have something <laughs> that you like and and like cakes biscuits cookies whatever it is like it's, it's you fine. use it as as fuel on the bike and then play around with obviously as the intensity goes up you need more of that really quick give it to me like now sort of fast carbs and fast sugar versus the more steady stuff where you can actually chew it and digest it and swallow it without choking and <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, my my dad used to say growing up, oh yeah, I <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this either, but my dad used to tell me that he he's like this Italian guy. He loves yeah. like the 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 Italian cuisine, the spaghetti, mm-hmm. the meatballs, just the everything you can think of. Yeah. And he would always say, I Lauren, the difference between me and you is that I live to eat and you eat to live. So uh, just like yeah. <laughs> just like I don't know another yeah I'm not trying to play a cyclist in a movie so I'm just you know doing yeah just like yeah the content of what you're eating and the purpose of the food and the timing is like very very key to not just Mm. being an old Italian guy who's just eating his meatballs (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny do you have like a favorite um like so you, you mentioned before like the like carb loading having extra carbs the day before is it is it do you have a, a go-to meal that you would have that day before your race or is it changed depending on where where your race is um yeah I mean that does change a little bit I what I love doing is eating I actually love eating Mexican food on uh, the night before okay, yeah. just like a bit like a burrito or oh, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah I'll give my dad a little bit of credit I like to make this thing called the Lauren special which okay. is <laughs> which is it is pasta and like a, a sausage or meatballs but I I did change to chicken meatballs from pork because I think yeah. that chicken might be a little bit healthier than pork so <laughs> I like to and like with the uh, vegetables or like salad um just yeah. a little bit of salad though not too much salad need more room for all the all the pasta <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah. it's gluten-free so it's not yeah it's gluten-free at least <laughs> what's interesting because I've seen so many people um shift and and I'm encouraging more people to use rice over bread or pasta in, mm-hmm. in training not necessarily because of the gluten but just the physiological properties of just wheat like you put you leave it in the pot and it keeps absorbing the liquid and you get super full where you where you eat it and it does the same thing in your stomach whereas with rice I find and potatoes you can kind of eat them and feel you can eat it and you're hungry again like half an hour later and and it's so mm-hmm. fascinating just seeing then how that tra- translates to like your everyday food because it's like okay well you want to feel fuller for longer in everyday life whereas when you're carb loading if you've got to eat all those extra carbs like okay you want the quick fix foods that are like right allow you to eat so much more than <laughs> I eat yeah I eat so so much rice I, I guess 
yeah, every, every day I'm eating rice. I just had rice for lunch. I just, I just ate some rice like 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, after every, like after every hard ride or like a race or mostly I'll eat whatever I want after a race. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's your ticket to yeah. do whatever you want, but uh, <laughs> celebratory meal, especially if you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of that's the only time I really drink any alcohol. Be like a yeah. champagne bottle, maybe. Yeah, like again, it's like it's a time and a place. Like I mean, alcohol, it's probably the conversation I've had the most in the last, I don't know, year or so, where a lot of people have started realizing how much it affects their recovery, their performance. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it, you don't necessarily have to cut it out forever, but just know how it affects you and then you make smart choices and like, okay, the day before a race, maybe cut back or hold hold back but then the day after go for it have fun celebrate have a drink yeah exactly (laughs) I mean yeah I mean I don't want to just be I don't want to withhold things for myself either because Mm. uh well I I don't drink that I I don't really drink that much but yeah only only when you earn a bottle of champagne on the finish line (laughs) that's the only time (laughs) that's my new favorite drink yeah Yeah. well yeah gotta be and you've had a few quite a few like podiums recently so (laughs) Lots of celebrations to be had. Yeah, the champagne, yeah, it tastes it tastes better that way. It tastes yeah. really good at the end. But yeah, um, you know, where else is I going? Yeah. I wrote down some notes before. I'm like, what did I write? I'm not trying to play a cyclist in a movie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, overall, I think uh, yeah, I wrote down I'm not trying to play a cyclist in a movie. And I just <laughs> feel like, yeah, overall, I mean, I think that you just gotta like eat the right foods with the timing and everything you can't like you can't start my coach he was he's like done the tour de france and stuff and like people are like Mm -hmm. starving themselves like on the rest day and because they like gain three pounds and they're trying and then they can't perform the next day they get dropped and meet they get dropped on the climb and yeah i'm just trying to avoid doing that um just like eating the right food doing all the work and i think power on the bike always supersedes like your weight and everything 100 percent. yeah i think that's such a bold message to share because they say that like weight as a number it's just gravity and it changes so much I mean, yeah. especially as women, like I know, I mean, maybe too much information, but I know for myself when my period comes, like mine will go up by two kilos overnight. And I'm like, what on earth is going on? And exactly. it's, just, it's just water weight. And so it it does fluctuate so much. And so like you say, um, it's really focusing on what actually matters and the yeah there's a there's it plays a role but it's not the key role and so you could if you're leaner that the lightest version of you but you're getting sick every second day and your power is completely off the mark and you're getting dropped like is it really right. worth it or actually you've got to look at the bigger picture and find where's the best position for you to be where you're the strongest you're the, the leanest you can actually maintain it without it having to be super crazy restrictive with things and performing optimally because that's the reason why we all get into the sport or whatever we do like we're not necessarily all professionals but we all want to do our best and perform our best and beat our own performances and so if you mm-hmm. feel well <laughs> then you can do that versus trying to go in underfield and just feeling like rubbish and just missing the mark constantly right right, right. back back when I suffered from the anorexia and like the disordered mm-hmm. eating I mean, I, I still ran, I ran a lot, like too mm. much, like an unhealthy amount of running. And yeah. I feel like that's a very common story with a lot of the girls that I like, like my age, yeah, I'm in my yeah. early thirties 
And like, but when I did that, I would always, always hurt myself because mm-hmm. I was like running too much. And my, like, I don't know, I guess my, my under fueled body didn't like all like the pounding I was doing on my under fueled yeah. joints and like stress yeah, fractures, like, like um, I had plenty of those, plenty of those. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like just respiratory I- issues, stress fractures, like, and, and I, I see it in cycling where, um, riders that haven't been feeling well like they crash and something that they should maybe have like a, maybe a fracture and shatter because their bones mm-hmm. are really weak and it I think under fueling and low energy availability affects so many different factors of life it's mood it's hormones it's bone it's reproductive it's and performance and unfortunately performance is the one that sometimes takes the longest to really kick in but all that other damage is the things that long-term affects the performance and and shortens people's careers and so like it actually does matter like how you feel for longevity of yourself as a really robust strong athlete because yeah I mean I think if if athletes aren't feeling very well you're three times more likely to get sick and have to take training days off and I'm like well that might be a month a year where you're sick and not able to train or race oh yeah that's a yeah I'm gonna have a very long career based off how many carbohydrates I eat every day very very long (laughs) Excellent. That's what yeah. we want. We want you to be racing as long as you want to and as, long, as long as you need to. Yeah. I hope not too, too long, but <laughs> I mean, and it's like, it is important though for like your long-term health and like preventative. Yeah. yeah I, I was formerly an epidemiologist and I'm all about okay. like, yeah, yeah, preventative medicine, primary prevention. So I'm working mm. on the primary prevention and yeah. maybe a little bit of secondary prevention given my risk factors from my previous life of not eating. Yeah, right. exactly. Like it's it's one of those things that it's never too late to start t- changing. And so um, like you can always make changes and reach out for help and get support with from someone yes. that you trust and actually is qualified because there, there is so much information out there. Like if you do have disordered eating or eating disorders, then yeah, reach out to a sports dietitian to get yes. the support that and the psychological support because yeah, there's so many factors that are going on. Um, like if and you've mentioned how you want to share that message to to girls and guys that are struggling with disordered eating habits. Um, like what would you say to someone that is struggling with that to help encourage them or motivate them to shift out of that feeling? Um under fueling mindset or fueling to be thin versus to to shift them into a fueling for performance. Oh, that's a what would I tell those? What would I tell those kids? Yeah, what um, could you? Or what would you tell yourself if you if you looked back? To what would I tell myself? Were, oh yeah. yeah, I could tell a younger version of Lauren. I yeah, would, who was really struggling yeah. with that, like I'm focusing on the thinness. Yeah, I would tell that Lauren that this is like a recipe for disaster you are going to hurt yourself. You're not going to feel good. You're going to get like depressed about it. It's mm. going to be, this is all a very bad, you're, do, you're doing a bad concoction. And turns out if you like, if you eat lunch today, you're actually going to be faster later on at your cross country practice. And mm. you're going to be able to like, you're going to be able to recover from the effort. Like, yeah, again, with the timing, like eating something before a ride or an exercise session and then immediately after to refuel for the next day like mm. you need to be eating to fuel the next workout and yeah. I mean I would just I would tell a younger version of myself to just stop watching tv 
<laughs> stop yeah. looking like just stop looking up to these like like role models or stop making these people role models that shouldn't be your role models like you should not aspire to look like these people and also I would tell <laughs> that you don't have to be skinny to be a climber all you have mm -hmm. to do is put on a lot of power so just mm -hmm. focus on like focus on being strong and don't yeah. focus on being skinny exactly because yeah I know uh riders that are like significantly lighter than me but then I've got three times their power and exactly. so we, fine. We, yeah exactly and so then I they, they might we might be able to make maintain the same pace on a climb but then if I've got more power overall like I could drop them on the flat <laughs> exactly it's easy that way yeah I mean yeah but I, I just did uh the old so like back in the early beginning of my cycling career I did the race mm -hmm. tour of the Gila which is like a climbing stage race um okay yeah in new mexico and yeah here in the u.s like the uci stage race down there and it's like lots and lots and lots of climbing and i always thought like when i started i was like oh, i'm never going to be able to do a race like this because there's so much i did it but i didn't do well i just was like yeah. it got dropped on the climbs because it was like oh i guess i'm just too big of a rider i guess i'm more of a sprinter or something but like recently, I just, so like years later, I came back to the race this year and I'm, yeah, very much the same size, but I'm doing so, so much more power that I was mm -hmm. able to finally win the climbing stage race of the Amazing. US, which was, yeah. I mean, and it was like, Congratulations. It was thank you. Thank you. It just like, yeah. it meant so much to me though, because it's like coming from like that mindset of like, I have to be skinny to do well at this race mm. to then just getting re like a lot of power <laughs> yeah being able to win the same yeah thing I never thought I could do yeah, yeah. so it was pretty cool it was pretty cool yeah and <laughs> I'm a climber and now <laughs> like and, and rewarding as well to see that like it exactly. does work and it helps building that motivation for you to just keep keep fueling for it's like fueling your rides but fueling for life as well is something I'm I'm often saying to people and no, I think that's uh, really glad. It's very inspiring sort of story to hear how you've transitioned and fueled and seeing the results and the benefit and wanting to then give back to encourage other people to to give it a go and to get over those sort of fears yes. and insecurities and mindset. I want to like I want to save. I like I just don't want people to go through the same thing that I put myself yeah. through in those years. And if it's if this helps at all. Um, yes please please take anything from this discussion yeah. and just like yeah i know that it doesn't need to be that way and maybe okay everything's okay amazing yeah no, thanks so much lauren for joining us it's really really powerful stuff and um, I'm, sh I'm sure everyone will really benefit so much from this thank you thank you so much for having me and letting me share my <laughs> share my uh my story <laughs> yeah bye, bye.